Good evening. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Lauren Tucker, and Jesse Bell. I'm Christina Laurie and here are your local news headlines. A message from South Frontenac Township. Level 1 fire ban is lifted in South Frontenac. Lifted in South Frontenac Township. Effective July 17, 2023 at 8 a.m. The Ministry of Natural Resources has also lifted the restricted fire zone that affected the north part of the township. Residents are reminded to always use caution when having campfires and cooking outdoors, and only burn when conditions are appropriate. You can see the township's burning bylaw, 2012-68, for more information. Kingston Health Sciences Center has implemented the next phase of its COVID-19 staged de-escalation plan. Universal masking is no longer mandatory in the emergency department, children's outpatient clinic, or the urgent care center for staff, patients, or visitors. In place of universal masking, staff will conduct a point-of-care risk assessment prior to interacting with patients to determine if and what personal protective equipment is required. The ED, UCC, and COPC have seen very low numbers of active COVID-19 cases over the last six weeks, says Dr. Gerald Evans, Medical Director, Infection Prevention and Control at KHSC. We will continue to actively screen patients for acute respiratory illness and implement use of PPE when individuals with respiratory infections are identified. This has helped keep patients and staff safe during this ongoing transition phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. Masks remain mandatory for patients who have respiratory symptoms. Routine masking remains strongly recommended in areas that provide care to patients who are higher risk for more serious outcomes from COVID-19 infection. And in areas where acutely ill patients who may be infectious arrive to be assessed, including at the triage desks in the ED, UCC, and COPC, inpatient oncology, neonatal intensive care unit, dialysis clinics, and oncology clinics. Here's what will not change. All individuals will be supported in their decision to wear a mask. Everyone will continue to have access to masks upon entry, as well as in all clinical areas. Staff will be expected to don a mask when caring for patients who are wearing a mask. Healthcare workers may ask a patient to mask as part of their point of care risk assessment. Masks remain required for patients entering our hospital sites with respiratory symptoms. Caregivers or visitors with infectious symptoms must postpone their visit until their symptoms have improved. If it is necessary for the caregiver to be present, then the caregiver is required to mask during the time inside the hospital. Staff, caregivers, and visitors will continue to have access to all personal protective equipment where required. The recommendations for this 2023 City of Kingston Arts Fund have been announced and approved by Council, but not without concerns raised regarding this year's allocation of funding. First established in 2007, the City of Kingston Arts Fund consists of approximately 70% operating grants and 30% project grants, which are distributed annually by the Kingston Arts Council, amongst local arts organizations, collectives, and other groups to support Kingston's art scene. Applications are reviewed and assessed each year by peer juries, and decisions are made by the Kingston Arts Council and the City. This year's grants consisted of a total of $619,345 distributed amongst 12 operating grants and 16 project grants. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic over the last few years, some of the past projects were cancelled or modified, resulting in grant funds being left unspent and carried over. This year, all the money that was available has been allocated. While requests always exceed the amount of funding available, the amount that they were able to award through the program this time around has been closer to meeting requests than ever before. The recommendations for this year's distribution of grants was brought forward for the approval of City Council at their meeting on Tuesday, July 11. While the recommendations were approved, it was not unanimous. Some council members had questions regarding the distribution of funds. The funding allocated to the Heart Center was also a central topic of concern amongst council members. 
Thank you. As I'm looking at the actual grant results here on page 20 of the report, um, I noticed that the Agatharian Center and the Kingston Symphony Association are receiving the most amount of funds and yet also seem to be one of the, or the two most well-endowed, financially well-endowed um, groups here. And I noticed that the Heart Center, which is uh, going through an existential crisis now as they're being forced to move, is also getting near the very bottom of the amount handed out here. So I'm wondering what the rationale is for um, the amounts given. Councillor Osinek also referred to the lack of funding to the Heart Centre as she expressed her disapproval, stating the following. The resulting vote from Council was 7-4, to four, with Councillors Osinek, McLaren, Hassan, and Glenn opposed. That's all for your local headlines this week, and next up is Lauren Tucker with your Arts Desk. Christina, here's your arts and culture news for the week. More choral programming is hitting the Isabel Bader Center this week as Kingston is treated to three different shows. On July 19th at 7.30 p.m., the Kingston Chamber Choir presents an evening of poetry and music entitled Beyond Words, an all-Canadian and American program of contemporary compositions. And on Friday, July 21st at 7.30 p.m., you can catch an amazing collaborative show between Albany Pro Musica and Camerata Chorale de Puerto Rico entitled I Dream a World. This concert is part of the Pro Musica International Choral Festival, bringing together talented young singers from across the U.S. and Canada to conduct vocal clinics, rehearsals, seminars, and shows like these. And moving into the weekend, the Pro Musica International Choral Festival finale is on Saturday the 22nd at 7.30 p.m. These talented high school singers will be joining forces with professional visiting choruses Albany Pro Musica, the Camerata Choral de Puerto Rico, and the Kingston Chamber Choir. The concert will culminate in the world premiere of a work by festival guest composer and conductor, Dr. Rolo Dilworth. Doors for all of these shows are at 7 p.m. and general admission is $25 and only $10 to access the live stream. Also at the Isabel, applications to their 2023-2024 Imagine Arts Incubator program are open now until August 20th. The artist residency supports creation-based filming, recording, or streaming initiatives for original works. It seeks socially engaged art projects tackling the issues of our time. To get tickets to any of the shows mentioned, or to learn more and apply for the Arts Incubator program, you can find it all at queensu.ca slash theisabel. The 15th annual Kingston Writers Fest will be hosting their launch event on Wednesday, July 19th at 7.30 p.m. at the Agnes Etherington Arts Centre. Named a Most Anticipated Book of the Year by The Globe and Mail and The Toronto Star, this event will be celebrating with Jen Sukfong Lee and her new book, Superfan, How Pop Culture Broke My Heart, with an onstage conversation and an audience Q&A. A Today Show recommended read, this beautifully intimate memoir in pieces uses one woman's lifelong love affair with pop culture as a revelatory lens to explore family, identity, belonging, grief, and the power of female rage. Plus, you can get a copy of this September's Kingston Writers Fest program during the event. Tickets are just over $20, and you can get them now at kingstonwritersfest.ca. 
Opening on July 18th, Stephen Sondheim's company, The Musical, will be presented by Inspire Productions in collaboration with Blackwood Productions. This sophisticated, wittily humorous musical poses sharp insights into the intricacies of relationships, the dilemmas of vulnerability, and the essence of being alive. Company will be running at the Spire from July 18th to 22nd, 2023 at 7.30 p.m. with an additional matinee on July 22nd at 2.30 p.m. Tickets are just $25 plus tax and are available at the door or at companybyinspired.eventbrite.ca. This Saturday on July 22nd, Howl Island Rock and the Rock features a full day of music from My Son the Hurricane, The Wilderness, Chris and D, Tiny Horse, Reckless and Bandit, and the Bon Evans Band, as well as a special guest new band that is to be announced. Tickets are only $40 and selling fast. This event runs the whole day with gates at 11 a.m. And for more on tickets and shuttle information, you can visit howislandrockandtherock.com. That's howislandrockandtherock.com. And last but certainly not least, the city of Kingston has launched three new self-guided audio walking tours entitled Creative Kingston. Tour options include the Downtown Tour, the West, Queen's University and Area Tour, and the Extended Tour. The tours range from about 60 minutes to two and a half hours in length and feature the history of film, music, literature, and more in the city. These narrative tours are free to access for everyone and are available in both English and French. They include archival images, video clips, behind-the-scenes stories, and more to unlock the creative history of Kingston. Plus, you can take the West or Extended Tour option to stop off at CFRC and learn more about our station's history as the country's longest-running campus radio station and our support of the local music community. That's all I've got for you on Arts Desk this week. Now I'll turn it over to sports. Good evening, this is Jesse Bell from the CFRC Sports Desk, and this is your sports report for Monday, July 17th, 2023. We begin our sports report with a rather inauspicious record from the Canadian Football League. The Edmonton Elks fell to 0-6 on the season following a 34-13 loss to the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Edmonton on Thursday, July 13th. This loss has established a new low watermark for professional sports futility, as it was the 20th consecutive loss the Edmonton football team has experienced at home. This 20th consecutive loss breaks the record that the Dallas Mavericks had established in the early 1990s of 19 straight home defeats. It has been well over 1,370 days since Edmonton last tallied a home victory. We move now to local sports news. Saturday, July 15th, marked the season opener for Kingston's three roller derby teams. The Rogue Warriors, the Skateful Dead, and the Kingston Junior Roller Derby team kicked off their season on Saturday at the Memorial Center. The Kingston Roller Derby teams hold a proud tradition dating all the way back to March of 2010. If you are interested in learning more about Kingston Roller Derby or attending their games, I highly recommend that you check out the Kingston Roller Derby Facebook page for all the relevant details. We here at CFRC wish these three Kingston teams nothing but the best in this 2023 season. This concludes your sports report for Monday, July 17th, 2023. This is Jesse Bell from the CFRC Sports Desk signing off and throwing it over to my main man, Chancellor Miracle, for your community update.
Lions Civic Gardens, Gardner's Road next to the Cataraqui Town Center, the City of Kingston, and Cataraqui Center are throwing four parties called Friday in the Gardens at Lions Civic Gardens. This new city summer pop-up event features movies, music, and food. The events will run on July 21st, August 4th, and August 18th. These events are family-friendly and admission is free. United Way Kingston is collecting donations of backpacks, school supplies, and funds to set students up for success. The backpack program is coordinated through the United Way KFL&A with donations from individuals, community businesses, and organizations. The program distributes backpacks and school supplies to ensure that families and children have all they need for a successful school year. In 2022, 1,400 children and youth started the school year with supplies and backpacks. It is estimated that for basic supplies, a backpack, lunch bag, binders, pens, pencils, and a calculator, the cost per student ranges from $200 to $300 for these supplies. Once supplies are collected, volunteers will start packing backpacks mid-August for distribution through agencies and schools before the new school year begins. The most needed school supplies include backpacks, lunch bags, pens, pencils, rulers, math sets, markers, crayons, scientific calculators, and pencil cases. Gender-neutral colors are encouraged wherever possible. For a full list of recommended items by age group or to donate monetarily, community members can visit www.unitedwaykfla.ca slash backpack program. That's all for now. I'm Chancellor Maracle, and this has been your community update. Now over to Christina Laurie with your campus news. This is Christina Laurie coming back in with your campus news. Queens has announced their 2023 Distinguished Service Award winners. Chris Berga, Elizabeth Jane Arrington, Anita Lister, Elspeth Murray, Brenda Reed, and Colette Steer are being recognized for making Queens a better place through their extraordinary contributions. The 2023 recipients of the Distinguished Service Award are a group of community members and leaders who have made a positive change and lasting impact upon Queens University. Recipients are selected by the University Council Executive Committee. The Distinguished Service Award recognizes exemplary service to the university over an extended period of time. I'm so inspired by the amazing work and contributions of this year's Distinguished Service Award recipients. I have often said that Queens is not just my university or your university, it's actually our university. And so it is only through our combined efforts that Queens will continue to be a place where excellence lives, says Executive Committee Vice Chair Marcus Wong. On behalf of University Council, congratulations and thank you for everything you have done, continue to do, and will do for Queens. The 2023 recipients of the Distinguished Service Awards are Chris Berga, a trusted associate of five Queen's principals since 1978, who has provided critical support to senior leadership and played an integral role in a multitude of operations. She is a shining example of service, loyalty, integrity, commitment, and dedication to the betterment of the university. Elizabeth Jane Arrington, a professor in the Department of History since 1996 and an inspiring academic leader, Arrington has made enduring contributions to graduate supervision, department university service, pioneering work in community engagement, path-breaking scholarship, and influence on the academy as a whole. Anita Lister, departmental manager of the biomedical and molecular sciences and a dedicated staff member since 1978. 
Lister has proven to be a critical facilitator of growth in undergraduate programming in the Faculty of Health Sciences, who is fully committed to the learning experience of all students. Elizabeth Murray, Director of the Center for Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Social Impact, and Professor at the Smith School of Business. Dr. Murray is an innovative thinker and pioneer who created and prioritized entrepreneurial opportunities for students, changing the landscape of business education at Queens and across the country. Brenda Reed, Head Librarian for the Faculty of Education, Reed is dedicated to ensuring that students have access to the resources they need, has provided leadership and guidance in learning and research services, and cares deeply about the success of students, staff, and community members. Colette Steer, Manager at Graduate Experience for the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs. Steer's roles have included recruiter, event innovator, communications expert, member of the Board of Trustees, and tireless name reader at convocation ceremonies. Involved in all aspects of the graduate student experience, Steer has worked to ensure every opportunity for the success of each graduate student at Queen's. Inaugurated by the University Council Executive Committee in 1974, the Distinguished Service Award recognizes individuals who have made the university a better place through their exemplary service and extraordinary contributions. University Council was established by statute in 1874 and is one of the three governing bodies of Queen's University. All elected members are elected by and from Queen's alumni. The University Council serves as both an advisory and an ambassadorial body to the university as a whole and is responsible for the election of the chancellor. For Queen's students, you have a few deadlines coming up. Coming up on the 15th will be the first date to apply and still is to graduate in fall 2023. That is all for your campus news update today, and next up is Dinah with weather and traffic. Welcome to your CFRC weather report. Tonight, you can expect partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers this evening with a risk of a thunderstorm. Wind is southwest at 30 kilometers per hour, becoming light after midnight. You can expect a low of 19. On Tuesday, the 18th of July, it will be mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of showers. There is a risk of thunderstorm in the afternoon. You can expect a high of 27 and a humidex of 32. The UV index is seven or high. In the evening on Tuesday, you can expect cloudy periods with a 30% chance of showers and a low of 14. On Wednesday, July 19th, it's looking like it's going to be sunny with a high of 25, with a clear evening with a low of 16. Thanks so much, and now it's time for the CFRC City of Kingston Traffic Report. Motorists, cyclists, and pedestrians can expect road closures at Dunkirk Avenue from Alfred to Fergus, George Street from Wellington to Regent and Regent to James, King Street from Place d'Arms to the Tragically Hip Way, Lower Brewer's Swing Bridge, Queen Mary Road from Bath to Notch Hill, Sir John A. Macdonald Boulevard from Union to King will be closed until July 21st, Sydenham Street from Queen to Princess, Union Street from Sir John A. to Alwington, University Avenue from Union to Earl, and Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace. The Play Street Initiative is still in effect on Thomas Street from County to Patrick on Mondays from 3.30 to 5.30 when the street will be closed. The parking disruption is still underway at the Chow Memorial parking lot. Parking is available in the Hanson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking lots, but the Robert Bruce parking lot second level is closed for a few weeks to conclude the structural maintenance and renewal of waterproofing materials. 
and a large event will be held at the Leon Center from Thursday, July 20th to Sunday, July 23rd. Parking in the downtown core around the Leon Center will be limited due to increased demand. The Frontenac lot will be closed to general parkers from Thursday to Sunday, and the Doug Fleur lot will be closed from Friday to Sunday. Other road delays, Bath Road at Queen Mary, expect delays until August 9th. Bay Ridge Drive from Woodbine to Cat Woods. Highway 15 from Maine to Highway 2. Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard. Jackson Mills from 1859 Jackson Mills to Burbrook. Princess Street from Collins Bay to Bay Ridge. Sand Hill Road from Boundary to 3058 Sand Hill. And Taylor Kid Boulevard from Collins Bay to the to 100 meters west of Collins Creek Bridge. And the Rideau Trail is still closed while crews replace that sanitary main. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for July 18th to July 22nd. Have an event you would like covered on our website and news programming? Contact us via cfrc.ca today. On July 18th, coming up at 11.45, people can learn about the basics of 3D printing at the SparkU Studios Makerspace in Mitchell Hall, Room 101. At noon on the same day, Music in the Park takes place in Confederation Park starting at 12.30, with a Tuesday performance by Cliff Edward and Friends, a Thursday performance by Chris Giger, and a Saturday performance by Gerald McGrath. And every Tuesday this July and August, folks can head down to Springer Market Square for Salsa in the Square with free dance classes starting at 6.30 and an open dance floor from 7.30 to 10. No experience necessary and all are welcome. On July 19th, folks can also check out a second night of the screening of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars at the Screening Room downtown with showtime starting at 6 and 8.30 p.m. Also on July 19th, head on down to the Union Gallery for Care OK with Queen's doctoral candidate Fan Wu, a free night of fun karaoke bops immersed within Wu's current Gentle Disruptions exhibition. On July 20th, country music fans can enjoy a performance in Confederation Park for free by local band Whiskey Smoke starting at 7 o'clock. And after that, head on over to the Market Square a block away behind City Hall at 8.30 for Two Truths and a Lie, a fun haunted walk of Kingston ghost story trivia game ahead of this week's movie in the square, Ghostbusters Afterlife, starting at 9 p.m. On July 21st, at 7 o'clock, lovers of romantic, joyful, and jazzy songs could head down to Springer Market Square for free performances by the Frontenac Concert Band. And the Grad Club is also hosting All Punked Out Drag Show, hosted by Sherry Ann Hex and featuring amazing drag punk guests Jesse James, Nikita Bewitched, and Lizzie St. Cloud. Tickets available via gradclub.ca. And for folks looking for an evening cruise and trivia fun, there's also a tasty trivia night happening at Carlos Estates in Prince Edward County, hosted by local drag sensation the Queen of Wheat, Rowena Way. And the evening starts at 6 p.m. And you could go to dragshow.ca for more information on tickets. And on July 21st, you can also check out Super Nintendo at Musiki for a great all-ages jazz fusion event starting at 8 o'clock. And on July 22nd, check out the second annual Big Queer Book Sale at Trellis HIV and Community Care at 844 Princess Street from 9 to noon with pay-what-you-can proceeds supporting Reload and Trellis HIV Community Care. Also on Saturday, a kid-friendly music event will be at the corner of Princess and Sydenham Streets at 10.30 in the morning with Fiddle Earth performing as part of the Silly Sounds on Sydenham series. 
followed by the Barry Ewan Trio at 1.30pm for the Sounds on Sydenham afternoon series. Also on July 22nd, Dennis Bowman and the Wild Roses are playing a show with Jukebox County at the Toucan on Saturday as well, starting at 10 o'clock with free admission. And finally, Rockin' the Rock is taking place on Howe Island, featuring food, vendors, and performances by Chris and Dee, Tiny Horse, The Wilderness, My Son the Hurricane, and more. Ticket info about Rockin' the Rock and information on the free shuttle from Kingston is available at howislandrockintherock.com. This week, CFRC invites you to check out the Memorial Center Market. The market is open every Sunday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Memorial Center. There's a great variety of crafts, snacks, and activities for friends and family. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, and Queen's University Career Services. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. Next.